Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I have a shameful admission to make. Even though I love music and love hearing music performed live, it is only relatively infrequently that I get out to concerts. I did, in fact, do that just a couple weeks back, being tempted by a visit to Eau Claire from Iris Dement. And with that incredible performer, I got a two-for-one, being introduced to Anna Eggie. Turns out I found a lot of common spiritual ground with Anna, so I went right up to her at the concert, and she on the spot took my invite to join us all for Song of the Soul. I think you'll love her voice and her very essence as she steps into your heart through her music. There's enough to love about her that we couldn't get all of it into our 55-minute broadcast, so look for the excerpts and uncut version on northernspiritradio.org. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on this program. Anna Eggie joins us via Zoom from Brooklyn, New York. Anna, it's great to see you again. Just so recently, I saw you with Iris Dement, and it's great to have you here for Song of the Soul. Thank you. Great to see you, too. You were touring with her for a while, right? And within the week, you're heading out again? Do you handle that kind of touring well? Yeah, it's very... I mean, I have a nine-year-old daughter, so there's a lot of... When I'm gone for more than a few days, there's a lot to juggle with childcare and stuff. But Iris, this is long. This is a lot of touring for her. Over the years, we've done shows, and they're usually long weekends. So to be out for this chunk of time is rare. I, this is this one coming up actually is 10 days away from home. I didn't know you before that show with Iris, so we're new friends, and I feel really happy with that. But what I noticed on your website, the videos of you all have you with longer hair. And when you say your daughter is nine years old, I figure when your kid is two and three years old is the time to remove the long hair. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I've had long hair and short hair. It's funny that time is frozen with the, with pictures. Yeah, COVID, that was another one of those things where it was, you know, I, among lots of other people, I think we were like, enough of this. And for me, it was the hair. I really don't want to deal with my long hair anymore. I was reading about you online, getting to know you, because again, we're brand new friends. And it says uh, you hit the scene back in 1997. Your first album, I think, was released then. And you've had 12 of them. So that's a lot of music you've rolled out. Where did you start? How did you start music? I made uh, my first cassette in, yeah, 94. I was a teenager and went and recorded it in Austin, Texas. I was living in New Mexico at the time with my parents in Silver City. I went to Austin because my friend's aunt, Sarah Brown, is a bass player, and I had met her through my friends at the commune when we'd been living in Mexico. And I sang her my songs and kind of set up this plan to record a cassette there. And I actually sent that cassette to Iris because she had a P.O. box printed on the back of her first cassette. <laughs> and, then, and then she invited me out to tour with her like a couple of years after that. So after that, I moved to Austin and I made another record for Dave Sanger's label. He's the drummer for Asleep at the Wheel. And I fell in with that whole camp, and a lot of those people were on that record. 
And then Austin was my home for about five years. But I understand you're Canadian born. Yeah, I was born in Saskatchewan and I grew up in North Dakota for my first 10 years. And then we moved down to New Mexico. So I've lived a lot of places. And it, it seems an immense distance. And I'm not just referring to miles, but culturally between Saskatchewan, North Dakota, and New Mexico and Texas. I mean, did you have to morph your personality, your songwriting? Did everything change? Well, I was not writing yet when we moved. My folks are kind of dropout hippies types. And so they were always drawn to the weirdos. Um, <laughs> And we always kind of lived on the, the edges of culture. And we went to that group of people in New Mexico, to a commune, to join in with this group that my dad had found because of his friend from the Peace Corps that he met years prior to meeting my mom. My dad had been farming and that kind of went bust and a bunch of our friends moved away before we did. And we finally, you know, kind of threw in the towel and went down to New Mexico. So if anything, actually... I when we moved to New Mexico, there was a lot more people who were of like mind, lots of artists and creative types, and there were a lot more kids than where we'd been in, in North Dakota. One of the connections I discovered with you during the performance, you're UU related, a Unitarian Universalist. I'm Quaker. And it's like, you know, we're just real close cousins that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where does your connection with UUs come from? The beginning of it was after the Women's March. I can't remember when that was, but my daughter was young and we saw a group of people walking, entering the subway here. And I asked where they were going and they said, the women's march, you want to come with us? And they just looked like a group of, they looked like our people. They were just like all people and, and all expressions and colors and having fun and all ages. And and then they said, we're the UU church members at the church right there. You should come. If you can't come to the march, come tomorrow on Sunday. <laughs> And so we didn't catch up with them at the march. But later that day, I asked my daughter, do you want to go to that place where that group member that we saw earlier when we talked to where they go on Sundays? And she said, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we went and that led to me joining the congregation. That must have been, I think, uh, January of 2017. This is right after Trump was elected or right before he's inaugurated or something. Yes, it was right around then. The grandchildren I'm staying with taking care of, the oldest, she's 11 years old, and she made her own sign for that march when they went to that. I think it was something like, Donald Trump, be good. <laughs> Just <laughs> straightforward. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good, that's really pretty much all of it right there. She summed it up. Yeah, I was so moved going there and inspiring Reverend Anna Levy Lyons, which I find her really provocative and inspiring and really dig her a lot. And the, the group of people there. Yeah, I don't know what else to say besides I had found places where I felt like I belonged in our society. Parts of me felt really welcome, belonged, and small places like within groups or musicians in certain ways, I felt a wholly 100% welcomed, like my gay self, my spiritual self, my political self, my music self, my intellectual self. But the spiritual self didn't have a home of a group of people. Many of my friends are atheist or agnostic or you know, non-practicing Jewish or Buddhist. So to talk to people openly about spirit and God just didn't happen. And it was such a, it's such a big part of my life and such a personal, you know, who I am. So when I found that there, that all of me was not just like, okay, but like celebrated and like, yeah, tell us more about you. Oh, tell us more about that part of you. I was like, I'm in, I'm a hundred percent. 
I do find that's true also that often on the left or on the liberal end, progressive end, whatever one calls it, that because there are a number of conservative religious folks who are in opposition to things that are very important to us, that we tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater is my feeling about it. And I think it's unfortunate because religion, it comes from this Latin word religio to bind up and to make whole. And when you're trying to make community, that's something we really don't do tremendously well on the liberal end of the spectrum. But a religion which has room for you to be authentically yourself can provide that kind of a space to nurture all the essential of you, as you said. I agree 100%. And I think that that is an, an innate moving part of us, that kind of activating animated part of us that everyone has. It's just a different way that we all call it or identify with it, you know, but it's a, it's a magical light. It's the spirit. It's a moving breath and everyone has their own name for that, you know, but whenever there's no point in putting a bad word on that, <laughs> you know, like, or saying no to that for the purpose, yes, of making the world a better place, like a lot of us liberals want to do. <laughs> you know, we need to say yes and come on awesome. What makes what, what your group is called awesome. You know, that's great. Well, speaking of awesome, why don't we get into some of your music? We'll hear the spirit breathing through. And I wanted to start out getting an idea if people know who you are, Anna Eggy. What do you want to start out with? Dreamer. That's really super personal. Well, give us the background to this. Where did it come from? It's one of the songs that you wrote by yourself. A number of the other songs you're sharing today are co-written with other folks. But this one is uniquely Anna Eggy. <laughs> well, a lot of my songs come from this in-between place of not quite being asleep or awake and expressing things and following my intuition without being attached to what's happening. And this song came from that just recording ideas and not being attached to it and going back and listening to a recording of ideas. I found this song, like a gold vein in the dirt, like looking back through stuff. And it just, I was so excited. And then I started playing it and I finished writing it immediately. Yes, it's very much, my friend calls it an incantation. It's very much a calling forth of my dreamer self, myself that is connected to more than my waking limited mind allows. The song's got a kind of a beatnik, jazzy feel to it that feels kind of at variance with the image that starts out with a snake. I mean, the idea of a, you know, skinning a diamond back and all this, I, I had trouble juxtaposing the two. And then with the phrase that goes over and over, come alive in my body. I realized there were some metaphorical things going on here, obviously, but that was not an image that was distressing to you. Most people react badly to snakes. One thing about my writing I'll say is that the metaphors are there to be read, but it's actually just biographical. Mostly I write just what relates to me. And so I had a spiritual journey years ago, and I learned that one of my totems was a snake. That happened not that long before I wrote this song, and I was thinking back on my life. And when I was 11, my friend and I were in New Mexico, and we would go out in the desert with our army knives and matches and just be out in the wilderness by ourselves. Who knows what our parents thought we were doing? But we went into an arroyo, which is a dry riverbed. And when it floods in the summer, it washes away a ton of the land, and the walls of the arroyo were over our heads. And 
we were scraping away the dirt. To, we found a place we were going to make a fort. And we were scraping away the dirt to make shelves, you know, like making a fort. And all of a sudden, I hear my friend a yell noise, and he and a baby rattlesnake had jumped out of the wall right at his face, right at his head, where he was making a shelf, and he whacked it. And then, you know, we didn't want to waste anything, so we skinned it and cooked it on a on a slate rock because we had matches. We made a fire, and we still have the rattle, and he has the skin, and so we ate the snake, and so the snake became a part of me. And so the incantation of this song is that sense of being one with the earth and not denying any part of it and knowing that in a deep way and also being connected to that self when I was 11 of total freedom. And that's what all this song is about. And the song is Dreamer by Anna Eggie. First strike, snake bite. Cut the wall of sand with your sharp knife And skin the diamond back Into the wind where the spirit meets the eye Dreamer, come alive Come alive in my body Dreamer, come alive Come alive in my body That's how the desert blooms On fire, a fiddle tune calling to me Burning red to white I've been waiting all my life Waiting here for you Dreamer, come alive Come alive in my body Dreamer, come alive song and its incredible imagery is by Anna Eggie. Her website, A-N-A, Eggie is E-G-G-E, so A-N-A-E-G-G-E dot com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org, so you can track down more about Dreamer with Anna. The violin fiddle in there, who's that playing? That clearly adds riches to that. That's Oliver Craven. Yeah, we were making the record Bright Shadow, and we had two days in the studio. 
And that was the last song of the second day at about one in the morning or something. Oliver plays violin and mandolin and guitar. And there's a bass player, Chris, and another violin player who plays banjo and guitar. And so we all started playing it all. And then as we were playing it, I kept saying, okay, no, you just stop playing too. And I just had <laughs> more and more of them stop playing until it was just the bass and me kind of tapping on my guitar and singing. And then I asked them to sing harmony. And then I asked Oliver to play the solo. Yeah, that was the first thing he played. And it was so magical. And he asked, well, let me try it again. He tried it a couple more times. I was like, how on earth is any of that going to be better than what you just did? <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, it's quite the thing. And it just I'm amazed the thought of you out in the desert confronting without tremendous amount of fear snakes, which is for so many people deep-seated fear. As a matter of fact, just my daughter-in-law was at our house and there's a couple nice snakes that hang out on our deck, not poisonous or anything. They control the rodents. And so I actually like them, but she was like, no way I'm going near this. And she's a real nature lover, but snakes somehow just doesn't do it, but uh, more power to you. And I think more <laughs> and more deep spirit to you, I think. Yeah. Well, I used to be have horrible dreams about snakes when I was young too. That was like my big fear when I was little, little. But moving on through my life, I've had many wake-up visions of snakes that told me certain things, and, and it was always right, you know? And it's related to wisdom and truth and hard truth, stuff that I don't want to know and I don't want to believe. And then it's like, oh, that doesn't make it not true. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. There's kind of a negative image phrase that one uses, you know, that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But that's not really... That doesn't capture the full beauty of healing through hard times because there's actually beauty and inspiring brilliance that can come through it as well. And I think you know that. That is absolutely true. <laughs> I think snakes are, you know, for one thing, besides them, some of them being dangerous, I mean, it's creepy for their eyes to never close. They're always looking, you know, so that's kind of intimidating and creepy, but that's like, that's a, partly why it's such a perfect metaphor for the truth. Yeah. Well, let's go on to some more of the music of Anna Eggy. What do you want to share next? How about Rock Me? Uh, you performed it when you were here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and I was thankful you did. I, a lot of people just were so wowed with it, of course. Uh, so tell me about it. So Rock Me is on that same record. That's, maybe that's why I just chose it. So it's the same group of people playing with me and singing with me. Rock Me had been, I had started it and it was similarly getting down to kind of working on the essence of myself, <laughs> whatever that is, going back to when I was little and things that I liked and a sense of being good in, in myself and comforted in that. And I had that beginning of that first verse written and a couple other ideas. And I had made a, I haven't done much co-writing in my or I hadn't at all at that point done much in my music. And I had made a connection with this great songwriter in Nashville through my friend. And his name's Gary Nicholson. And he's written lots of really great songs. And I really liked his vibes. He's a very gentle, interesting person. And, and so I went over to his house and we talked for a while, getting to know each other more. And then, and we talked some about it. And then we finished writing it together. I remember when we came to the, the divine mother, I said, that's kind of like, it's kind of a heavy line. Do you think you can sing that? I mean, I think you can. <laughs> I 
that's, that's powerful. And I was like, oh, yes, I can sing it. <laughs> and he's like, it's so great. Let's do it. So then I demoed it there at his place right away. I texted it to friends. I was so excited. Let's listen to it, and I'll talk more about afterwards. It's called Rock Me, Anna Eggie. Beautiful, beautiful song is Rock Me. It's by our guest today for Song of the Soul, Anna Eggy, and it was co-written with Gary Nicholson. It clearly hit people when you performed here just recently in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And it hits me too. There was a period, oh, this was almost 30 years ago or something. I was going through some emotional travail relationship issues. And I was doing some visualization and such. And I ended up nursing at the breast of God. 
I can tell you it transformed me to enter into that relationship with God that way. Wow. To be held by God that way. Sometime after that, I learned that the word that gets translated in the Hebrew scriptures, it gets translated as loving kindness. Actually, it's from the Hebrew word for womb. So God loves us with a womb love. Wow. And so the Divine Mother, I, I having experienced it myself, I'm so thankful for your song to capture that too. Wow. Oh, I got goosebumps. Yeah, gosh, that's powerful. Well, and the song is powerful. I can't help but imagine that people flock to you because of that song too, because I there are not enough songs out there that help us channel the female divine to name it and to let it carry us. I agree. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm going to keep us moving through the song so we get all of your music in. So what's number three on Anna Eggie's Song of the Soul list? How about We Are One? Okay, that's not a bad thing. Okay, we're one. Okay, we've said that. We're done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For some of us, it's so assumed. And for so many people in the world, it's like, no, I'm the good guy. You're all the bad guys. I get to heaven. You all are going down to the crimson shades. So we are one. Tell us about this. Where's What's the origin of this song? Well, in the depths of the turmoil and the political insanity of our nation, the eclipse happened. And for that moment, we were all doing the same thing. We were all made small, and we were all made to basically stand still in awe and wonder at this thing that was so much bigger than all of us. That was and is and will always be seismic and such a moment to acknowledge who and what we are. And so I felt moved to try to write a song about that. Again, I was going to Nashville, and I was going to meet up with Gary Nicholson for the second time, and I had this idea for this song. And we met up and I told him all this stuff. And he said, well, let's just write all that stuff down that you just said. (laughs) And that's pretty much the first verse, you know. And then I was saying, you know, don't you ever just want to look into a stranger's eyes and see them looking back? And because I longingly do that on the subway here. I I look at people and sometimes I imagine them as little kids or babies, you know, because it's so easy to effortlessly love a baby. But we're all just a little bit older babies, you know, and then then we're gone. But we're all just... (laughs) tiny little bodies here, right? And then the times sometimes when people look at me back with their eyes and I actually like connect for a moment, that's just so special and rare because we're all, so many of us are brought up to be so self-aware and guarded and, you know, self-protective. Anyway, so then the song just, I mean, it almost wrote itself. We sat back and we're like, wow, okay, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) We were so excited. And I immediately told my, my record label, I have a song and I want to put it out right now and I don't want to wait. It's the only time I've ever done that like that. Like the first time, like just make it immediately put it out. And the result of that synthesis of storms and eclipses and looking into each other's eyes is We Are One by Anna Eggie.
we've got Anna Eggy here today for Song of the Soul. That song, We Are One, is one of the gems that I've got to learn of her, just meeting her and getting to know her this past month. One of the things, by the way, I react to that one, Anna, is that I'm not sure if it's sad or hopeful. It's somewhere in between. The word that came to me is amertume, which is a French word. I don't think it's English, and I couldn't find the English word for it. But it's bittersweet. It's something in there. Where are you at with respect to that desperation we have about the brokenness of our country? Well, I think it's, it feels like all of those things. My wife and I are celebrating our 20th anniversary this week of being together. This fall will be 15 years married. But, you know, marriage or relationship is that you get to choose, you get to keep choosing to be married every day, right? <laughs> so I don't think our existence on this planet is any different. We get to choose to be engaged with ourselves and our people in, around us and the people beyond our sphere. Or we choose not to, but if you choose not to, guess what? Can't really escape it. <laughs> I mean, when we die, something happens. But while we're living, we're still here and we're still in a relationship, even if it's not fun or if we're trying to deny it or get away from it, we can't. So it is bittersweet. And it also is hopeful. And there's always that potential for more connection. Always, always. Unfortunately, you bring it to us through your music. And folks, her website is com. That's one N and two Gs in there. You can find the proper spelling if you come via northernspiritradio.org. But I have links to all of our guests the last 18 years. I've been doing this Song of Soul and the Spirit in Action program. So come via northernspiritradio.org. Post a comment on this program. You can donate. That's how this full-time work is supported. It's through your donations, not through government, not through corporations. We can't count on the corporate interest or the governmental interest to serve our individual interest always. So please make your community radio stations continue. We help organizations, singers, people doing the work of healing in the world, help them thrive through your donations. With your hands and your wallet, you can make a difference. Anna Eggy is one of those people, and we've had three songs. We're going to get three more in, God willing, and the creek don't rise. Where are we going next, Anna? Let's do White Tiger. Such a happy, sweet-sounding song, and, you, and you've got a tiger. I mean, you love snakes, you love tigers. Scorpions, you like scorpions too, probably? I don't know if I do. I haven't had any experiences with them except Scorpios in my life. <laughs> um, but again, White Tiger, this is absolutely true. It was actually my wife's, one of her best friend's birthday parties with her small group of closest friends. And her neighbor is a psychic and she had her come give a group psychic reading for all of us, seven people or whatever, how many of us were there. You know, she zeroed in on different people and she zeroed in on my wife at one point and she was really going through a really hard time. And she said that there was a white tiger with her and if she could follow the tiger and trust the spirit of that animal that she would make it through the, the way through a hard time is to keep moving keep moving to the other side of that hard time and so after that reading i went and wrote it all down and i found that song it was so extremely powerful and resonated really deeply with her and i wanted to be a part of the continuing of that healing and acknowledge that moment again like you said earlier like you know getting through these hard things can lead to like the journey of all of our favorite stories, going through the dark woods and then getting to the place that's beautiful that you've been hoping for. 
there might be wounds along the way, but that's what this song. And the song is White Tiger. Keep your eyes on the tiger, feed him, let him be your guide. Teach him freedom that he might lead you through to the other side. Once you're through, you can move your separate ways again. Once you're through, you can rest your pretty head. Message that Anna Eggie is channeling. Keep your eyes on the tiger, feed him. That's a good process, especially since this was part of something shared with your wife. That I think that also means that feeding the relationship, feeding that. I, I think this also means that even when you, Anna, sometimes are part of the tiger in the life, that's why I figure we are in our relationships with one another, that you still got to feed, you care for, you you welcome, you you look in the eyes. There's so much of our culture which tells you not to do that. Just try and beat it down, shut your eyes, cover your eyes, put your head in the sand, whatever. And I'm thankful you're channeling this other vision, which I think is much more healing, actually. Thank you. That's very sweet. 
Did your wife's healing then continue because of that? Was she able to stay with the white tiger? Yeah. I mean, I think we both have been on a continuing road of of healing and transformation. Lots and lots of things have changed for us individually and together over the last few years, thankfully. It's great to have your mind blown, you know, especially about your own issues. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not in the moment when you're falling apart, but then when you get through them, it's like, oh, no wonder life was so hard. Well, let's go on with some more of the music. We want to get in a couple more songs. What's next? Okay. I sent We Lay Roses, which is a really sad song. My nephew died a few years ago in his early 20s. That was kind of one of my moments, too, where I realized that I didn't want to flinch from acknowledging his life. And also, it was so, so hard. And I you know, will forever be mourning him, I'm sure. The need to write something was, was very real. And I, again, called my friend Gary Nicholson, partly because I didn't really know how to do it by myself because I felt such deep sadness. And, you know, the other reason was I, my mom had passed a few years before that, and then losing him and looking for and longing for songs to help us through the funeral. I just, I felt that there there needed to be more songs for us grieving for all the collective us, all of us. So I wrote that song for us, for people who are grieving. And we all, as you say, have opportunities to grieve. We need the songs, such as Anna Eggie's song, We Lay Roses. We all met in the meadow in the evening. Friends say hello and goodbye. All wishing we could turn.
I'm trying to remember the song from Rise Up Singing. <laughs> we had the monthly song circle in Eau Claire, and There Were Roses was is one of the songs that I'm used to singing there that I've been introduced to at that group. So We Lay Roses is definitely to be added to that beautiful. <laughs> it's like without accepting that you're going to grieve and feel that sadness, If you're not willing to do that, then you're throwing away the person as well, the beautiful part of them. To be able to hold your sadness and hold the joy and love at the same time is a skill we have to learn if we're going to carry our roots with us, I think. And so you do that, Anna, in that song. Thank you. In your writing, by the way, with Gary Nicholson, and, and like on that song, Is Gary lyrics specifically, melody? I mean, you're obviously a beautiful, beautiful singer. You've got an incredible voice. What other part does Gary play? We both do both, write melody and lyrics. Actually, those are the three songs we've written together. We haven't written anything else yet. I find it really interesting then. Like you said, you don't do a lot of co-writing with folks. But for your Song of the Soul today, I think you've chosen four songs that are co-written. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering what that says about how spirit flows through you. I know. Then this next one, Dance Around the Room with Me, I co-wrote it with my friend Maya Spalter. And she's just been one of my best friends and is a poet and a witch and an artist and dancer. And I went to her with this song because I thought it was just too simple. <laughs> She said, oh, no, it's just right. And like, let's just write a couple more verses that are on the same embodying and expressing healing. And she also is a yoga person. So the verses all have something to do also with yoga poses. <laughs> Indirectly, we didn't necessarily, you know, intend on that, but it's, that's what somehow came through. And we both have kids the same age. And, you know, that is one of the things about life, our personal work, right, is to not run from our feelings. And in speaking about grieving a moment ago, you know, our, our tears are healing and they're for us to experience. They help us through things. And so when we're moved to cry, if we could only see that as a help, right? As opposed to, oh, I got to shut this down. I shouldn't be crying. It's like, well, what if, what if it's not? What if it's actually something that's like, oh, oh thank you. Golly. You know, with kids, it's like they're so in the moment and they're so expressive. The last thing I want to do is shut that down in my daughter. I want to continue to let her know that it's okay to feel however she's feeling, that she doesn't have to pretend to not feel that way. You know, and then, of course, I know that I'm, a big, I'm an example. I'm showing an example all the time for how that's okay or not, right? So I get, to, <laughs> I get to model the emotional health that I want her to allow for herself, right? But this song really is a fun song. Sometimes if we're feeling grumpy or sad or angry, how much better do we feel if we start moving our bodies a little bit? If Whether it's a walk or, yeah, dancing a little bit, put on some music and just ugh, get it out, you know? I have a lot to learn for myself in the way that my daughter is and how she and how kids in general, you know, they're so embodied. They're just all of a sudden rolling around on the floor, you know, or climbing on the couch. And not that I can climb on the couch per se, but... <laughs> But I can be more connected to my body and I can let things, my emotions go through my body, not stop them up. Actually, one of the objections I have 
when someone's crying or sniffling or something, people right away want to shove tissues at them. And I just like, well, no, let it flow. You don't need to hide it or cover it up. Or it, it feels to me like that, even though I think they intend it as a sign of compassion, it feels to me like it's almost uh, shut it up, cover it up. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think that's anybody's intent, but I think that's what happens. Right. I think I might have told you when I met you and you said you're Quaker. That I went to Quaker meeting some as a teenager. I was drawn to that for a while and I was 15, 14. I would sit in circle and I felt so moved by the feeling of spirit and being in that circle of people, quiet and connected to divine. And I would just cry. I would just tears streaming down my face. And so I stopped going because I kept thinking I'd go. And then I'd think, well, I'm not going to cry today. I'll just sit there quietly. And then I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I just stopped going because I felt so uncomfortable as a teenager. I just couldn't take that. And I felt too exposed and awkward and, you know. Yeah. And I told you the experience my wife had the first time she went to a Quaker meeting as well. Same thing. She arrived and there's just something about the opening and being present, fully present and witness to that bigger spiritual thing. Whoa. Yeah. And I still cry every time I go to church, but it's like, now I'm okay with it. Now I'm like, that's fine. (laughs) You know, and no one cares. I mean, they do. They care that I'm there, right? But (laughs) tears aren't bad. And they're just happening sometimes. Yeah, let them wash you. Yeah. Well, we're going to end this last song with Anna Eki. It's called Dance Around the Room with Me. Talk about dancing with your anger, your fear, your happy, your sadness, all of it. We can dance with it all, and it makes us wholer to do that. Thank you so much, Anna, for bringing that song here, for joining me today. How wonderful to get to know you. I have a great time out on the road touring, and I'm sure that makes your daughter all the more eager to have you back home. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's really been so special to get to talk so openly with you about this side of, of my work and myself. Really appreciate it. Thank you. So, folks, we're going out with Anna Eggie. Remember, her website is A-N-A-E-G-G-E dot com. You can just drop by and visit her in Brooklyn and dance with her in the park across from her house. <laughs> the link is on northernspiritradio.org. We go out with Dance Around the Room with me. Let this song carry you through your week and in your dance with spirit and life. And we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Dance Around the Room with me. Dance around the room with me Start dancing and you'll see How it opens up, opens up your heart How it opens up, opens up your heart Reaching for the stars with you And for the sun and moon It opens up, opens up our hearts Be a willow tree.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.